This is the Sports Business Radio Virtual Roadshow, presented by Boingo Wireless, with special guests, soccer legend, Abby Wambach. So the biggest potential for growth are women leagues, are women athletes. Like we're human beings, we're doing really great things. But when you watch these athletes participate and play, like you're seeing women break barriers. And if you are investing in women, Right now, you are getting in on the ground floor. And Julie Ehrman, the president of Angel City FC. We three women went to the league, said we want to build this differently, and have assembled this incredible wolf pack of founding investors from tech and entertainment, media and sports. We lead by purpose. And our intent is to make impact in our local community and around the world as we develop, you know, an incredible soccer community and culture here in Los Angeles. The Sports Business Radio Virtual Roadshow, presented by Boingo Wireless. Hey, everybody. My name is Dawn Callahan, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer at Boingo Wireless. And I am thrilled to welcome you to a very special edition of Sports Business Radio, our second virtual roadshow. Normally, we would be in a room full of university students and faculty and alumni uh, to being to be bring great people from the world of sports to college campuses across the country. But like with most events this year, we're, we're doing it virtually. So the good news about this is that even more people can hear from today's guest, soccer legend and founding investor of the new Angel City Football Club, Abby Wambach, and Julie Ehrman, who is president of Angel City FC. These are just two of the powerhouse women behind Angel City FC, which is a new member of the National Women's Soccer League that is set to begin play in my hometown of L.A. in 2022. And I can tell you that my children normally could never care less about what I do for work. <laughs> but this morning, when they found out who I was going to talk to this morning, they were suddenly I've got a tremendous amount of popularity at home. And uh, so I just want to thank Abby and Julia ahead of time for increasing my street cred, cred uh, exponentially. So thank you for that. Uh, before we get started with that conversation, uh, I want to tell you just a little bit about Boingo. So Boingo is a global leader in wireless connectivity, and we deploy cellular and Wi-Fi networks that reach more than a billion people annually uh, at places like stadiums and arenas and military bases and airports. Um, and so with all the innovation that's happening in the world of sports, connecting stadiums and arenas is really a big part of what we do. Um, we power 5G-ready networks that take the fan experience to a whole new level, at, whether that's NFL or NBA or MLS. or And of course, now we certainly hope with the uh, NWSL, that adding them to the list. So uh, on behalf of Wingo, we are just absolutely honored and thrilled to sponsor this conversation because we love supporting our local L- LA community. And honestly, nothing being, brings people together like sports. And certainly we need uh, a lot more of that united spirit right now. So I'm personally excited because I am passionate about women's sports. Um, I'm a marketer. I'm an LA resident. Uh, I'm a proud supporter of women everywhere. So when Angel City FC released their We Are Angel City uh, football club video, I got chills. Uh, It's awesome. I'm so excited to get this conversation underway. So with that, I am pleased to introduce today's guest, soccer legend and founding investor of Angel City FC, Abby Wambach, and president of Angel City FC, uh, Julie Ehrman, and of course, the host of Sports Business Radio, Brian Berger. And Brian, with that, I'll hand it over to you. Don, thanks so much. And thank you to Boingo for their support of the Sports Business Radio Roadshows. Abby and Julie, it is an honor to have both of you joining me today. Uh, really been looking forward to this conversation. I have a 16-year-old daughter. She looks up to you guys too and is inspired by you every day and plays soccer. So uh, this is a, a great conversation for us here today. Uh, I want to start with Julie. Julie, you have a a power-packed group of founding investors like Abby, Natalie Portman, uh, Jennifer Garner, Billie Jean King, Mia Hamm, Lindsey Vaughn, Candace Parker, who's joined me on this (laughs) show before. I mean, the list goes on and on. Let's start by giving our listeners who may not be familiar with Angel City FC, give us the backstory as to how these amazing people all came together. Absolutely. And first, thank you for having me. And I'm so thrilled to be talking to Abby. Um, She's incredibly inspiring. When you talk about this powerful pack of women, I want to hear wolf pack because that's what Abby preaches. And that's what's really come together. And uh, I'm realizing it more and more. Uh, It takes great people working together to move mountains. And we are doing that. Um, Angel City FC is the newest women's professional soccer team coming to Los Angeles in 22. 
is part of the National Women's Soccer League. We really believe it's carrying on the legacy of every soccer player before us, including Abby and some of our 99ers who are investors in Angel City as well, Mia Hamm and Julie Foudy, um, Saskia Weber, a number of uh, other players as well. But this is really the brainchild of actress and activist Natalie Portman. She um, got involved in Time's Up and started learning more and more about the U.S. Women's National Team pay equity fight, which really started with a talk that Abby gave that was incredibly inspiring to Natalie and talked about life after soccer. Um, Abby can certainly tell you more about it, but it got Natalie asking the question, why? Why is this the way it is? What can I do to make a difference? And really, and most importantly, kept asking the question, how can I help? Um, She um, developed a close friendship with a Another one of our founding um, founding partners, Karen Nortman, who is a managing partner here at Upfront Ventures. And the two of them, through their work at Time's Up, started spending time with the players of the U.S. Women's National Team, really trying to draw awareness for their fight, but also to understand why the world is what it is. Natalie brought a bunch of her friends to the uh, LAFC Bank of California for a friendlies match um, to draw attention and awareness to the Women's National Team. And her friends included Eva Longoria and Jessica Chastain, Jennifer Gardner, Uzo Duba. And then after the women won the World Cup, Natalie just said it's time that we should buy a team or bring a team to Los Angeles. Kara reached out to me. We've been close friends for years working in the tech and venture community here in Los Angeles. And together, we three women went to the league, said we want to build this differently, and have assembled this incredible wolf pack of founding investors from tech and entertainment, media and sports uh, to build a professional women's soccer team in a very different way where we lead by purpose. And our intent is to make impact in our local community and around the world as we develop, you know, an incredible soccer community and culture here in Los Angeles. Julie, I love backstories. And uh, I hear that you and Kara (laughs) got to be close at the Wild Feminist in Tech Basketball League. That must it sounds have been... way more impressive. No, it sounds way more you <laughs> off because you're going to continue to build it up. And like, I just need to simmer expectations a little bit. So <laughs> our very good friend, Robin Ward, puts this together over the summer. Um, we're all basketball players. And a lot of us actually had played against each other in high school. Karen and I went to rival schools. I like to say that I won. I'm pretty sure we did. Uh, but yeah, it's three on three. There's a lot of rosé drinking and truth be told, a lot of knee hugging and deep breathing. Uh, but it was right after the World Cup. And you can imagine all of these incredible athletes and strong women entrepreneurs and leaders in their own industry. You know, there wasn't much basketball that day. All we were doing was talking about the World Cup and how incredible the U.S. Women's National Team was. And at that event, Kara uh, pulled me aside and said, Natalie and I have this idea. What do you think? You know, we have day jobs. Do you have bandwidth to, you know, pull this together and see if it's feasible and figure out how we can do this? Because there was no roadmap for us. You know, traditionally, If you wanted to launch a team, buy a team, buy a franchise, launch an expansion, you'd go to the league and say, you know, we are, in most cases, you know, the men who want to do this. We have the money, we have the stadium, or we have the ability to build a stadium. You know, we'd like to acquire the rights. And we went to the league and said something very different, which are, we are three incredibly passionate women who believe in purpose and building an organization where mission and capital can coexist. We want to bring women's professional soccer to Los Angeles, and we believe we can raise the money and find the stadium. And we're fortunate that the league had some faith and um, trust in us to see us build it a different way. And uh, it's happening. Abby, I'm going to bring you into the conversation now. You are such an incredible inspiration, uh, powerful activist, best-selling author, one of the best women's soccer players in the history of the sport. When you were approached about the opportunity to be a founding investor, what about this opportunity made you excited? Well, first of all, you know, thanks for having me. I'm always happy to talk about this. I mean, I have the gear and I just walk around in all of this Angel FC stuff. (laughs) Just so proud, right? Because this opportunity, it, it... essentially kind of fell on my lap. You know, like Julie said, I was giving a a speech um, at a Time's Up Connect event a couple years ago, happened to, to Natalie Portman, happened to be sitting in the audience listening to my story, my retirement story. And um, that kind of got her wheels turning a little bit. So fast forward to a couple months ago, I get a DM in my Instagram feed and 
it's Natalie Portman. And she's like, Hey, can I call you tomorrow? And I'm like, yes, Natalie Portman. You can <laughs> and so she called me and told me this whole story of um, kind of what had transpired since that speech that I gave. And, um, you know, before she could finish the sentence, um, do you want to be involved? Right. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> because the truth is as a female athlete and for the course of my whole career, I knew on a deep level that, um, that what I was doing was though it was breaking and groundbreaking in certain ways. I did also know that we were in a man's world and that there was really only so much money I could make. There was really only so much ground I could in fact break. Um, and so for this opportunity to be created by these women, these creative and innovative entrepreneurial women. Um, and, and the most magic part of, of this story is that they didn't want it to just be them, right? They wanted to reach across and offer this opportunity to the very women who in fact helped build women's soccer in this country. Um, sports teams, team ownership is truly only offered to men, mostly white men, mostly really, really, really rich white men, right? Um, and so as an athlete, you go through your career in like the very littlest part of your brain and your heart, that would be nice. That's basically the concept that I ever thought of team ownership. Um, it was just a, a dream, an idea, something that I never thought possible. So when Natalie called and then I got on the phone with Julie, it was just like, this is incredible. The way that they want to engineer and innovate the way and democratize how sports team ownership can be shared and, 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 and new, right? So I think that, um, you know, like Ava DuVernay has said, and I'm gonna butcher her quote, but essentially she's like, y'all are over there trying to break through a glass ceiling in a house that men built. And I think what, what Angel FC, truly means and and what Julie and Kara and Natalie and Alexis are doing is we are literally over here just building our own house. We're trying to create something of our own. Um, and, and it's just truly such an honor. I can't believe it. Um, my family, we live in Florida, but we are picking up and moving to LA because wow. the team is going yes. to mean this much to us. Um, we are completely all in. And I've told this to Julie, like, I am a big startup person. I did it for 15 years on the women's national team, because essentially all women's sports, it's, it's a startup. It's a startup business. It's a startup uh, situation where we get to show up every day. And we're never, as a startup folks, probably going to reap the benefit, right? We're going to pass it off to maybe the next generation that reaps the benefit. Um, and here I am again, found, finding myself in another startup situation. So. I'm all in. I love it. Angel FC till I die. That's so exciting. Abby, there are so many talented people involved in this effort. What do you see your role specifically as with this effort? I mean, obviously, you've got a wealth of knowledge uh, from soccer and from a player's perspective. What's your role specifically with this? Well, I think that very similar to the way that I approach the game. Um, being in and around other really like-minded, badass women who are very successful, independent of this team, that all have figured out how to do life and do it really well. Um, and as a soccer player, obviously, I have an expertise uh, from that perspective. But I think what is going to make this team so special is and all the owners have their own expertise in whatever it is that has made them successful. So by proximity to other really badass women, and it goes to this concept that I've, I've, I've thought of and creative about getting women together. It's the only reason why our women's national team has found success throughout the, the generation after generation after generation. And it's because we've leaned on each other for each mm -hmm. other's strengths. Um, and so for me, I'm just going to do whatever Julie tells me to do. 
Um, and then when it comes to the soccer part, I'll be able to add my piece, but I, I'm a worker. I love to work. I love to um, network and create ideas and innovate and do this in a fun and unique way that, um, that gives possibility to not just this team, but to many other teams beyond ours and, and beyond our league as well, right? So we're just trying to recreate the wheel here in, in, in a lot of ways. So, you know, the soccer part I'll get, but I'm also excited to learn from these Hollywood stars. Um, I'm also excited to learn from some, some, some of these folks like Julie and Kara in the VC world and in the, the startup world. Like there's so many really cool opportunities for me as an investor and as an owner to learn. Like this isn't just about what I can bring to the team. It's also about what we can bring to each other. Yeah, that's fantastic. And they're going to learn a lot from you too. Julie, I'm going to bring you back in. You know, one of the things that I've read is you really want to create a new blueprint with Angel City FC. And one of the things I heard that you're doing is when you sign a sponsor, mm -hmm. you're going to have a certain portion of that sponsorship earmarked for community giving. I think it's fantastic. I think more organizations and teams should do that. Explain to us how that will work, but also what are some of the other things that you're going to do to write this new playbook? Yeah, no, I appreciate you bringing that up. And that number is 10%. So we've gone out and coined it the Angel City sponsorship model, but we're giving 10% of all sponsorship dollars and, and investing it back into the community. And that can be through cash donations or product donations or asset donations. But we want to have impact and we want to make change. When we first announced Angel City FC was coming to Los Angeles, we also announced a partnership with the LA84 Foundation and their Play Equity Fund. And in talking with Renata Simrel, who runs LA84 Foundation, she asked us an important question. She's like, do you want to have you know, immediate, sometimes short-lived change, right? Or do you want to make systemic change? Like, what is important to you as you think about the impact that you want to have? And probably not surprising, my answer was yes, right? I want both, right? Because if you look at the world we live in, there's immediate things that we can do. Children are, you know, studying from home. They're not active. They're not with their clubs. They're not with their after-school programs. How do we keep them engaged? How do we keep them active? How do we keep them fit? And then more importantly, once the world does come back, how do we make sports accessible to them? How do we address sports and, you know, brown and black communities and really lower the bar, financial bar, lower the transition, the transportation bar, and then make it more safe for them to play. And so as we were building Angel City, we've really, you know, taken to heart that Angel City is a platform and it's a platform that stands for equality and impact. And so every single thing that we do will have that mission, whether it's on the field or off the field. So when we work with partners, we're going to reinvest some of their capital back into the community in one of three pillars that we've just under decided. Equality, uh, which can be everything from addressing pay equity to the players to supporting women-owned businesses here locally in Los Angeles. Um, second is essentials, and that's twofold. Those are the basics that we think kids need to stay active and involved in sports. So that can be everything from sports bras to cleats to transportation to food right, to helping out parents and get their kids, you know, ready to play. And then the second part of essentials is access, access to fields, programs, camps, clinics, clubs, after school programs. The third bucket is education. And that can be getting more women coaches into the space to improving the quality of coaching, teaching leadership to young kids and the value of having sports in their lives, or even more specifically addressing mental health as it, as it impacts young girls and then young women as they progress in their career and move into college and beyond. And so it's important to us to show up in every single thing we do, use the platform of Angel City, the platform of Angel City Football Club, the platform of our founding investors and the platform of women's sports in general to build awareness for what it is we're doing, amplify what it is we're doing and really make a difference on and off the pitch. Amazing. Uh, Abby, I want to bring you back in. You have played for the WUSA. You've played in the NWSL, obviously U.S. Women's National Team. From a player's perspective, what does the NWSL need to do to retain its top players? Because some are going to play in Europe. And then I've heard you in other interviews talk about righting some of the wrongs that you experienced as a player. How can you right those as a part owner of Angel City FC? Well, first of all, um, I think it's important to understand that 
you know, it, this is not just money that's going to solve all of these problems. Uh, right. And I get that. And now as an owner, as an investor, I also understand that there is a bottom line that needs to, um, you know, there's a salary cap that we need to figure out that we need to, to, to stay um, in line with and underneath. And, and when I think about how we keep our best talent here, um, I can't in my mind think of a single player in the world that wouldn't want to come to Los Angeles that wouldn't want to come to play for a team just based on the symbolism of what Angel City is representing in our world. Angel City is representing a different path, a different way. I want our athletes, I want our players to know that they are going to be treated well, that they are going to be respected, that they are going to be paid, and they are going to be given more. And it might not just be financial. They were going to be um, treated like complete professionals through and through. When you enter in the Angel City uh, facilities, you will be treated like a professional. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I don't think that that is uh, and has been the experience of every professional soccer player at every single club. Um, that is why having the extensive list of investors uh, for Angel City gives us um, not just clout, but it, it proves to the players that are going to walk through the door that they're going to be respected because guess who's going to hold Julie's feet to the fire, right? <laughs> All of these investors saying, you need to do it right. You need to do it well. And, you know, this is, and, and, and it's not like Julie doesn't want to do that already. I'm just saying that um, what we stand for is going to be, you know, required through the entirety of, of the franchise from the top to, to the players. Um, and so, of course, we are gonna always gonna be competing with other leagues. I think that competition is great. I also think that um, I'm really competitive and I really do not and will not be uh, associated with a losing franchise. Neither, <laughs> neither will- No pressure. Many- yeah, neither will many of my my former teammates. Like we want to win, so in order to get those those championships, we need to have the best players. So there's going to be some tact. There's going to be, um, you know, this is obviously important. Uh, you got to pay these women. You got to we got to find unique, innovative ways to to get these women to Los Angeles. And for me, once they come in those doors, it's going to be really hard for them to ever want to walk out. Well, I was going to say, Abby, we're just meeting for the first time today, but if you're recruiting anyone, I don't know how they'd say no to you with with the pitch you just gave. (laughs) She's our our non-secret weapon. She's the closer. Yeah. I mean, you just send her into any deal and and she's going to close the deal. So that's fantastic. Julie, I wanted to ask. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to add. I mean, what Abby's saying is really important. It's like we want them to feel like professionals. We want them to feel like this is their number one and only job. And they're treated as such. And we can do that certainly through salary, but also about how we treat them in the facility as professionals, how they travel, how they live, and then also make them a part of um, the club as it relates to the growth of the club. You know, Abby talked about the fact that this is a startup and you're paving the way for the future, right? Well, we expect our future to be long and we want to pave the way for ourselves. We talk about that our passion and purpose will lead to profitability. And I think for women's professional soccer in general, and more specifically Angel City Football Club, we need to make everybody who enjoys the sport part of the solution, right? So it's not just about how much the payers get played, but it's about the fact that if you're a fan of women's sports and a fan of Angel City, you need to buy a ticket. That's step one. Step two is you actually have to show up at the games. We have to sell out these stadiums. Selling out these stadiums will show sponsors that the value of their dollars is high and allow us to garner more dollars from their sponsors. In turn, we can talk to you know, CBS and Twitch and anybody that's excited about carrying these games and should to, you know, to highlight truly the best players in the world, both in the NWSL and as part of the U.S. Women's National Team, that people want to see this and they're showing up. And so we have to give fans an opportunity to be part of the solution. We need to give sponsors the opportunity to be part of the solution. And the fact that, again, we are building something bigger than a game, you know, we are building something that's purposeful, that with intent. Um, we want to make sure that the payer, players are compensated for being part of this 
and the fans are part of the solution um, and the sponsors are part of the solution. We're going to rise all ships together and this league is going to blow up. And the reason Alexis Ohanian invested and is you know, one of our lead investors is because he believes that this sport is so undervalued. We these incredible cultural icons that are players that have incredible platforms of themselves and stories that can be told. You know, the younger generation is following these players, but we can broaden that net if we just shine a light on it some more. Um, and we are so fortunate, as Abby said, to have such an incredible cross-section of um, owners who know how to do that quite well, um, whether they're in front of the camera or behind. Julie, I'm going to stay with you. I'm based in Portland, Oregon. My daughter and I go to Thorns games all the time. They average sure. 20,000 fans, and they come out in a large fashion here to support the Thorns. So I've seen how it can work. I've also seen, though, the NWSL needs to be successful. Portland is a great franchise. You guys are going to be a great franchise, but the league itself needs to grow and be successful. One of the good signs was earlier in the year, 500% growth in TV yeah. ratings for the NWSL. What else can the league do to grow so it's not just a couple of franchises carrying the weight of everyone in the league? Well, look, I think it's, it's look, it's a, <laughs> it's a marathon, not a race, right? right? We all have to play our role. Portland has done an incredible job in Portland. I think the platform that is Angel City and this investor group is already doing such an incredible job building awareness and driving attention. I mean, the fact that TV ratings increased 500% means that people are hungry for this content. They want to watch these players. They want to watch these games. They want to cheer for their, for their clubs. And so we just have to make it easy for them, right? And we're so fortunate the league has you know, signed a deal with CBS. So we're on Network and Sportsnet and CBS All Access. Twitch is carrying the games as well. As well so international fans could watch that. But we just need to continue fanning the flames. I mean, I think women have a problem pounding their own chest and saying, look how great we are and look what we built. We sort of just wait right, for the accolades to come our way. And when they do, we say how grateful we are and thankful. And, you know, I'm sort of tired of it. You know, it's 500% growth. We get 4% of all, you know, sports coverage across the board. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's truly ridiculous. We have the best players in the world. So I think the NWSL needs to start pounding its chest more and being louder. We are certainly not shy from being loud and we will continue to be loud until everybody who wants to see a game sees a game. Everyone who wants to attend a game attends the game. Um, and I think you'll see those numbers rise. Abby, I'm going to piggyback off of what Julie just said. So the discussion I had with Candace Parker earlier in the year, 1% of the sponsorship dollars go to women's sports, 4% of the sports media coverage, as Julie just mentioned. How do we get those numbers up? Because as you guys have said during this conversation, women's sports is, is greatly undervalued. Yeah. Um, well, this is, you know, like Julia was saying, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I, my whole career, uh, the, the, the product of my career, uh, you know, I, I stood on stage next to Kobe and Peyton, and all three of us were getting that ESPY, Icon ESPY Award in our yes. retirements. Um, and like Julie said, I was just up on that stage, like feeling so grateful, like, like, wow, here we are, we women, we finally made it. And I realized, you know, when the three of us turned to walk off that stage, we were walking into three very different retirements. Um, and Kobe, may he rest in peace and Peyton, their biggest concerns were where they were going to, where they were going to invest their hundreds of millions of dollars. And as an athlete, I thought that I did well because I was comparing myself only throughout my career to other female athletes or to other women. Like I was kind of skirting the, the, the sexism that actually is in play everywhere. And I realized, and I promised myself that night that I was gonna dedicate myself to making sure that this was a moment that no other soccer player or female athlete would share with me. And I think when I look at the business of women's sports and I look at the sponsorship dollars and I look at the media coverage, it's not only infuriating to see how little gets pushed into the women's hands, it's even more infuriating to understand business and to see potential. So the biggest potential for growth are women leagues, are women athletes, right? 
And nowadays, you know, not that I think that this is the, 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 the answer, because I think that it's BS that we even have to have this discussion. Like we're human beings, we're doing really great things. Like the NWSL is amazing soccer. Like watching our women's national team is amazing. And there's a reason why it's amazing. It's because we win, we do really well, right? That's always good. You're, it's a sure bet. You're going to watch our women's national team maybe win a world cup. Like it's fun to get behind a winning team. But when you watch these athletes participate and play, like you're seeing women break barriers every single time. Cause you're changing uh, something that was formed in your brain about what it means for a woman to be a woman and what, what women can and, and do in their life. So I just think like, yeah, businesses need to, to think about it from a, a, a financial perspective. And if you are investing in women right now, you are getting in on the ground floor. It will come back to you in droves. So why not um, do something that is going to equalize the world that we live in? Because it's also not just one way liberation folks, right? Like allowing women access and, and giving what women, what they deserve and what they've earned is not just doing good to women, it's also doing good to men and boys. So watching women be powerful, watching women sign lucrative contracts, watching big sponsorship dollars get pushed into the women's world is good for everybody. It's good for our spirits. I believe that that can hopefully put out some of the fires that are are lit right now in our world. Um, And this isn't just like a, because you have daughters situation. Like this is a human rights issue. Why in the world is our women's national team paid less than our men's national team when they in fact are, are securing more sponsorship dollars for US Soccer Federation? It's a, it's a travesty, it's, it's not fair. And in the end, women have to prove themselves over and over and over again, and I am exhausted. So here's my challenge to all of your folks who are watching or listening. Just come to an NWSL game. And if you don't like it, fine. But I bet you, I bet you lots and lots and lots of dollars. In fact, I bet a lot of them in this investment (laughs) that you will come and you will keep coming and you will keep coming. Amen to that. And I've had Megan Klingenberg and Midge Purse on this show. And, you know, I echo your sentiments. Uh, Women are grossly underpaid. U.S. women's national team, grossly underpaid. Look, we live in a results-oriented world. You guys deliver the results all of the time. The championships across the board. Why? I've said not only should you be paid equal to the men, you should be paid more than the men. Because your results are better than the men. So if we're we're living in a results-oriented world, let's see the money. So... I think that's a big thing. I have tried to be a champion on my show for that. And I hope the day comes where women are earning money, more money, and being paid on the merit of the results. Julie, I know a question that a lot of people are asking. Maybe you're not ready to discuss it yet, but where is Angel City FC going to play? Where are you going to practice? If you don't have that information yet, I'm sure you're, you're thinking about maybe having your own stadium or your own practice facility, but I'm sure our listeners are curious about that. Yeah, absolutely. And just to like give one final thought to what Abby was saying, we, we got a seat at the table, right? We want to affect change. So we pulled out a chair and sat down and that started with Natalie and Kara through their work at Time's Up. Again, really inspired by Abby. We believe that the women players should get paid, you know, the, what they're deserved. Um, and we're, it is a mission of ours at Angel City FC to work to make that happen and make that happen as quickly as possible. Um, as far as where they are going to play, yes, that is still a secret. Uh, we will be announcing soon, though. So just keep an ear out. Um, it won't be hard to miss. We're pretty good at this now. Uh, <laughs> but we are super excited. As far as where we're going to practice, we, um, we would love to build our own practice facility and our own training facility and our own community um, field so that we can do community programming. As I said with Angel City, everything we do um, is really about setting higher expectations. And so we are looking for land that will afford us the ability not only to have pitches for the first team, but also enough pitches that we can um, create programming for the community and jobs for the community and make a difference. So we are actually having a number of conversations about that. That is our 
number one hope um, to Abby's point so that we can truly build a world-class state-of-the-art facility um, and train women and support women in their, you know, you know, athletic endeavors and if in their recovery, but, and um, anything that they need to be, you know, champions on the pitch. Um, so we're working hard at that right now. We're going to get to some questions uh, in a few minutes, but Abby, I, I want to end with you before we go to our Q and a, you've written two amazing books, your autobiography forward. Um, and then you wrote Wolfback, how to come together, unleash our power and change the game. I've got the Wolfpack for Young Readers for My Daughter. Um, you're a best-selling author. I've got to ask you right now, as a parent, I know you both are parents too, this is such a weird time. I mean, I've been asking all my guests this if they're parents. How do we navigate through this time with our kids? Because they're not going to school. They're learning from distance. They're not seeing their friends. My daughter plays soccer and golf. She's not able to do that. Yeah. What do you, what advice do you have to the young people out there who are going, what in the world just happened this year and how do I get through this? Yeah, I think that, look, I'm, as a parent and as a, a person, I'm not in the business of giving advice. I can just tell you what I do with my kids. Um, this, this moment in time is for certainly weird and bizarre and unprecedented. Um, but the, the good news is that everybody's going through it. Everybody in some way, shape or form has lost something during this time. Uh, so this isn't just one, this isn't just happening to your family or your kid, which I think is uh, much under, more understandable. And then the other side of that is you, as a person, we can look at this moment and yeah, we have our hard days, no, no doubt. But we have an opportunity to either look at this as something that is an opportunity or something that um, is gonna take us down and take us out of the game. Yes, we might not have the same kind of access to fields or playing conditions or teams like we, we once had, but there are still things that you can be doing to work on your game, uh, whether it's mental, whether it's tactical, watching film, whether it's reading one of these, these books that I've written. Um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the Wolfpack book because it is so much of what I learned as a national team player. And it wasn't just cultivated from, from my doing. This was watching other really incredible, incredibly successful women, um, watching them walk through life and taking some of their leadership principles and trying to, to make them my own and turn them into something that could be authentic to me. So this book that I wrote, um, you know, it's, it's based in honor. And I think more than ever, um, handing our children art or anything that is based in honor is so important right now. Um, giving our kids access to good, true material, material that um, has been forged with just badassery, you know? I mean, so many of these lessons that I learned like are from the most iconic human beings that have walked this planet. You know, Mia Hamm, Billie Jean King, Julie Foudy. Um, I'm so lucky to have spent the amount of time I did on the national team to be able to become this, this author in my post-soccer career. Uh, and truly what's so special to me about Wolfpack now is that Angel City is literally Wolfpack come to life, mm -hmm. right? It's this book that I cultivated every little bit of leadership idea or philosophy that I had, and I put it in this like book. And then Angel City opportunity comes to, 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 to my life. And I'm like, wow, that thing looks a lot like this thing. So if you, you know, have any inclination of, wanting to keep your kids invested in sport, um, get them to watch footage of, of former games, right? That's a really easy way. Get them in your garage or on your driveway or inside of your living room doing things that will help them when the time does come that the world opens back up, that they're going to be ready. Well, it's one of the best books I've read, and I can't wait for my daughter to ring the, read the Young Reader's Edition. Let's bring Don Callahan from Boingo back in for our 
Q&A to end this conversation. Uh, Dawn, what are some things sports teams and venues should think about when preparing their digital strategy? We know Angel City FC is launching in 2022. They've got a little bit Mm -hmm. of time here to plan these things. What are some things that teams should be planning? Well, the amazing thing about this space, so I've worked at Boingo for 13 years, and the rate at which wireless technology uh, shifts and changes is honestly astounding. Um, And so what we do, like our job at Boingo is to to help venues think about what that future change is going to look like, because quite frankly, uh, that's not their specialty. That's not their sweet spot. It's ours. Our job is to sort of think about five, 10 years from now and what that looks like. So Um, obviously right now, everybody uh, is thinking and talking about 5G because the fan experience um, is truly a connected experience. And and we are just now just beginning to touch the surface of things that are going to be possible with 5G uh, that that honestly we can't even imagine today. So as an example, for example, um, you know, when 4G came out, you know, there were no applications like Uber or Waze or Spotify or a million other apps that exist today because 4G enabled those things to actually occur, right? That backbone had to be there. And so with 5G, basically, it's going to be a heck of a lot faster and the latency will be super slow. And so um, uh, super fast, meaning there, there won't be much latency. And so um, when you think about the applications that we have not even dreamed of, right, that are going to exist and use 5G at, at those venues, they're, they're really mind-blowing. Um, the other piece of that is making sure that venues build networks that can support things that both that we haven't been invented yet and the things that happen that no one can plan for. I mean, we just talked about uh, the pandemic and the the impact it's had. And obviously, um, one of the things that's happened with the with venues is how do you bring fans back safely? And so, for example, one of the things that we've been working on a ton with venues is how we shift their focus to touchless experiences that meet health, get, uh, you know, health guidelines and, and help rebuild consumer confidence so that people feel good and safe about coming into a, an environment with a lot of folks. Um, those are things like contactless tic- ticketing and security um, in-app food ordering, um, IoT robotics that can do cleaning and maintenance um, that, so that a person doesn't have to do that. So some of that isn't new technology necessarily, but it has to run on a backbone that's ready for anything that comes next. And so that's a lot of what we talk about, Brian, is, is helping folks think about, think about what's next and, um, and what's going to come down the pike. Terrific. Julie, you have a background in tech. When fans come to an Angel City FC game, whether it's, you know, fans taking selfies or, or, you know, sharing their experience with others at the event, what do you want the experience for the fans to be from a tech standpoint? Yeah, when we talk about the game day experience, we only talk about one word, which is FOMO. That if you are oh. not there, you felt like you missed out on something incredible. And to Abby's point, you're coming the next time. So that's the, the lead up to the game. That's the pregame experience, the game half after and then getting you excited for the next game. So I think one of the things that, you know, potentially makes us unique is how we really think holistically about that experience. Um, but as Dawn was talking about, data is really important and we're all starting to get more engaged with data and it's enhancing experiences. I'm a fan of Formula One race car driving. You know, you see AWS and it talks about the air pressure and it talks about the speed and how much gas is left in cars. And it's surprising how much that makes me even more engaged in what it is I'm watching, right? Um, and you know, women and soccer players are wearing information that's telling you about their body. How many, I always ask like, how many miles do you think you ran in that game? Because they never stop running. Right. And I think, uh, Crystal Dunn told me, oh, I think it's like six miles. I mean, my head dropped. Right. And so there is data that is being captured in a game that I think can enhance your involvement. Certainly if you're not there. Right. And so, you know, I know the question was about the stadium experience, but we're thinking about both the stadium experience and the fan that's not there. How do you enhance that experience? How do you make them more engaged? How do you get them to create a sense of belonging and part of the team when they're not physically there? Um, so we're looking at all of those points. And we do have a little bit of time, but it's it's racing along for sure. 
Abby, Julie brings up a good point about wearables. They're becoming much more common so we can track analytics for performance, even in practice. Hey, when is this player potentially going to need to sit down so they avoid injury, um, rest and recovery? I know Mia Hamm and Julie Foudy, as you mentioned, are also investors of Angel City FC. I kind of envision this little think tank with the three of you where you're helping put together the soccer ops department, but also utilizing technologies so that you get this data that helps you learn more about performance. Yeah, well, you know, obviously Julie and and Mia and myself might be some of the bigger named folks, but there's literally like 13, I think, Julie, 13 or 14 former women national team players that are going to be totally a part of this think tank as it relates to the soccer component. Um, and, and interestingly enough, at the end of my career is when the wearables, you know, the GPS, the heart rate monitors really started to get some traction. Um, we were always wearing them, always checking our heart rates, always collecting data. And in the last year of my career, uh, our, 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 our staff was collecting data points uh, because after games, they have these software applications that can actually um, figure out exactly how many completions you had in what areas of the field. So getting to these like really micro um, data points can actually show you and give you uh, small goals to attain to be able to give you, like for instance, our national team, when we were in a, the attacking third, if we got, I think it was five crosses on the right side and six crosses on the left side, in our attacking third per half, we had an 84% chance to win that game. Wow. And so these are the, the minute, small details that as a former athlete, um, if, you, if you can find those data points within your team, because every team is different, right? So, so every lead up to championships or every, every Angel City team we field – we're going to have different talent on the on that on that pitch. So those data points might change year to year. But what a beautiful thing to engage fans with, right? Here's what we've got to hit. Here are the goals as a team, right? So you can bring what's being talked about inside the locker room to the fan experience um, and have it not be interfering, right? It'll be this exciting, like, oh, we've got five, we've got five crosses up the left, we've got six crosses up the right, like we're going to have a bit a better chance at scoring these, you know, scoring goals and winning this game. For me, that is, that's just engagement, right? And that's teaching people how to watch the game tactically. So you just create lifelong fans. Don yeah, will I mean, the end. only thing that I, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, I was just going to say the one thing that we'll add, I wanted to add is, you know, we want to have a big role with fantasy, right? How do you mm-hmm. draw a connection? How do you build new fans? Well, follow a player, right? Fall in love with the player. And then when you yeah. fall in love with the player, you'll fall in love with the team. So, how do we make a fantasy a bigger part of the NWSL and Angel City uh, more specifically for people who care about that? But also it's an opportunity for us to start building the legend of these new players and start building awareness for them. Yeah, totally agree. Don, I'm going to end with you. Uh, Los Angeles has turned into the city of champions. We've seen the <laughs> LA Sparks, uh, Dodgers and Lakers won recently. What does it mean to you? Again, you mentioned this at the beginning of the conversation that you're very popular with your family today, but having (laughs) Angel City FC come to Los Angeles, this is so exciting for the city. Oh, it it absolutely is. I'm I'm just going to answer this absolutely on a personal basis. Uh, I actually, I don't even know how I ended up getting it in my, I think it was just in my feed and literally my jaw dropped open and I screamed and I'm pretty sure I forwarded the video to about a hundred different people. Um, I am so, so personally psyched. It is, it is long time that we needed a a, a team in this city. Um, I personally think uh, women's soccer is one of the most exciting things to watch. I'm a huge basketball fan. I'm a huge Lakers fan. I'm a huge Dodgers fan. But when you watch soccer, there's there's just nothing like it. And uh, our women players are amazing. So I'm totally psyched. And we're, we're super excited uh, to, to, uh, to welcome the team to L.A. Abby, Julie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today, share the future of Angel City FC. I'm so excited to see what you build this into. Uh, I can't think of two better people. And I know you've got a collection of other amazing people, but with you two and, and Kara and Natalie spearheading this, uh, sky is the limit. 
Abby, you are an absolute inspiration, as I said at the beginning of the conversation. Uh, I, I have admired you from afar for a long time, so I'm glad we had the opportunity to chat today. Keep up your important and amazing work that you do. Don, thank you and Boingo so much for powering the Sports Business Radio Roadshow. I also want to thank Malka Sports for their production work today. I'm and Brian Berger. Brian, yes, I just want to say one thing. Thank you. And thank you, Don. You kept me connected throughout my career and many sports around the world. First <laughs> awesome. Then, you know, obviously, Julie and I couldn't be more proud to represent this franchise. But more importantly, I just want to thank you personally, Brian, for including this women's content on your platform. Um, I'm just going to keep challenging you to keep doing that. Um, and, and the more you do that, the more representation and the more possibility you keep spreading around the world. So super appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. And that's been very important to me from day one. I mentioned I have a daughter. I have all sisters in my family, so my sisters will not <laughs> let me slip. Good. <laughs> I promise you. But it, it, I think it's very, very important. And like I said, I want to see the day where, you know, the pay gap is, is shortened and you guys are paid what you're worth and, and paid for the results. And I'm a big champion for women's sports. And, and I think what you're doing is amazing. You've been listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. There's no question that live sports and entertainment events are changing as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. To ensure a strong recovery that keeps fans safe and engaged, sports venues are reimagining game day with Boingo's 5G connectivity solutions. Boingo Wireless helps partners across the NFL, NBA, MLS, and NCAA redefine the in-venue experience with 5G-ready cellular and Wi-Fi 6 networks that power new touchless technologies. From contactless ticketing and security and in-app food ordering to IoT robotics for cleaning and maintenance, Boingo's backbone of wireless connectivity makes new stadium use cases possible. Choosing a digital transformation partner you can trust is key to achieving fan experience goals and following rigorous health and safety protocols. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They help world-class venues navigate a complex and ever-changing technology landscape and have done so for 20 years. I recently had Austin FC President Andy Lochnane on Sports Business Radio. Here's what he had to say about Boingo, Austin FC's 5G partner. A relatively competitive process led to a relatively easy decision. The decision to go with Boingo was one that came with a lot of comfort and confidence. Now more than ever, staying connected is what matters most, and Boingo makes it all possible. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. If you need a trusted partner for your network and digital transformation needs, look no further than Boingo. Learn more by visiting boingo.com or emailing sbradio at boingo.com. That's sbradio at boingo.com. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions. GriggsProductions.com.